tonight. We mentioned it last week. I preached to you on the thought of build it here. Build it here. We got your attention? Amen. So 1 Chronicles chapter 28, we're going to be just reading one verse in verse 10. If you would stand for the reading of God's word, if you're able. Amen. It says this, Take heed now, for the Lord hath chosen thee. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're chosen. We'll piggyback after, after Sister Maddie last week. Chosen thee to build a house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. It's pretty clear. Take heed now, for the Lord hath chosen thee to build a house for the sanctuary. Be strong and and do it. Turn to your neighbor, other neighbor, say do it. Just do it. We'll, we'll copy off after Nike. Just do it. Just do it. Let's pray tonight. God, we come before you. We thank you for the worship in this house. We thank you for your word and its anointing. And God, we ask that ears would be open to hear this anointed word and hearts be open to receive what you have for us. And Jesus, we love you and we praise you. In your name we pray. And the church says, Amen. You may be seated. Take heed now, for the Lord hath chosen thee to build a house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. And do it. I could have, I could have titled this, Just Do It, but I'm, I'm going to talk about that. But we live in a culture of convenience, okay? We, we all know it. We're all guilty of, of, of doing it. Um, you know, there's things that, that we'll do, you know, me, me and Sierra can confess there's things that we do in the name of convenience because sometimes, let's just be honest, we, we get a little lazy. Instead of walking into the gas station to get the fountain drink, I'll go through McDonald's and let them give me the drink. Okay, you've all done it. You're looking at me right now. That's so lazy and pitiful. You've all done it. I'll just go to McDonald's and have them give me the drink because I don't want to get out of the car. Me and Sierra say that all the time. I just don't feel like getting out of the car, you know. Uh, or, or she always will say, I'm, I'm in sweatpants, and like no one else wears sweatpants. And, 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 and there's, always, there's always reasons that we give one another. Let's just go through McDonald's. It's, it, it's easier that way. We're, we're a culture of convenience. But unfortunately, that, that, that mentality that we have in our natural sense has actually come into the church world in a great, in, in a great way and has begun to influence the church in a way where if we don't necessarily feel something or sense something, we'll just go somewhere else. Okay, I'm, I'm trying to set something up here because I, I, I understand that we are a body of Christ, not just this church, but we're a corporate body throughout this nation, throughout the world, that, that Christ reaches from, from corner to corner of this globe and, and that we're all a part of His church. We're His bride. We are, uh, we are those that are, are chosen and called by His name. We have accepted Him as our Lord and Savior. We thank God for that. But what happens is in our culture... We have this mentality, and we again, we brought it into the church. Well, it, it, I, 
I, I necessarily don't want to do these things, so I'll just go somewhere else where it's already done. Okay, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to challenge you tonight. I'm not, I'm not picking on anybody. I know that we're, again, we're a church and we should fellowship with one another and, and do these things. I thank God for, for men and women of God that, that are across this nation that we can go and fellowship with and, and we should have fellowship. We should have unity with believers. All those things are great. We should have unity in our homes. We should have unity between our spouses. We should have unity between our children. Unity is great and it's powerful. But what, what we've done is we've actually almost abused use this word of fellowship and this, this, this mentality to where it's, it's, well, I'll just go somewhere else where the presence of God is. Okay, hear me. This is what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24 when he's talking about the end times. He says, then if any man shall say unto you, lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. What he's beginning to say is there's going to be people that rise up and say, oh, the presence of God is moving here. Oh, Jesus is moving here. Oh, Jesus is moving over there. You saying, are you saying that can't happen? That's not what I'm saying. What I, what I want you to understand is that it is easy for us as believers to go somewhere else where somebody else has prayed in for 20 years and built a ministry through, through work and through blood, sweat and tears and through prayer and fasting and supplication and, and just enjoy and bask in the presence. I, I thank God for that. That's a good thing. But what I want you to understand tonight is that we serve the same God. So when people come and say to me, I'm just, I, I, you, you can say this sounds pessimistic. This is just the truth. I'm just going to be honest with you. When people say, oh, have you heard what God is doing there? Or have you heard what God is doing there? Uh, oftentimes my answer is no, I have not heard uh, what God is doing there or there. Uh, I thank God that he's moving over there, uh, but I am not called over there. Uh, I'm called here. So my question then becomes, uh, have you heard what, what, what God is doing? Have you heard what God is doing here? Because what happens is, is we get in this mentality where we're, we're believers and we're nothing but consumers. Uh, and we just want to go over there and get what we need and then go somewhere else and get what we need and go somewhere else and get what we need. I'm not saying that fellowship uh, is a bad thing. I'm not saying that visiting other ministries uh, is a hard thing or a bad thing. Uh, but understand what is going on in our text tonight is David is looking at his son and he's saying, son, build it here. Build it here. You say, what are you talking about? Let me give you the background of this text. David was a man after God's own heart. David was a man that was a warrior that could fight voraciously, but at the same time, uh, he, could, he could be found in the presence of God writing songs and praying and, and fasting and spending time with the Lord. And, and, and God calls him, again, a man after God's own heart. Uh, but he desired, uh, he, he's sitting in his home one day and he says, I'm in a home of, of cedar. I'm in a beautiful home uh, 
but the presence of God is sitting in a tent because to them at that time in the Old Testament, the presence of God dwelled where the Ark of the Covenant was. It was this, this box that was symbolic of the presence of God and it was put in this place called the Holies of Holies and that's where the presence of God would come down and dwell and minister to the priest and minister to man from that place, from that Ark. It's, again, it's symbolic of the presence of God but David says, I, I don't think it's fair that I have a home, a beautiful home. I've been blessed, uh, but God's house, uh, God does not, ha- his presence does not have a house. So what begins to happen is he begins to prepare materials. He's giving, he, he begins to get stuff together, but then uh, I'm going to come down here for a second. But then what happens is uh, the Lord speaks to him and says, David, you've been a man of war your whole life. Uh, you have shed too much blood. Uh, I, I'm not going to have you build the temple, but I'm going to have your son build the temple. Uh, But David goes ahead. He gets everything ready uh, and that leads us up to our text. Uh, This is David in 1 Chronicles 28. He's old. Uh, He he knows that his time on this earth is short uh, and he says to his son, take heed now. uh, Build the sanctuary for the Lord. Uh, He said, because God has chosen you to do it. God told David, uh, he has chosen you to do it. Uh, He says, so just do it. Just build it. Uh, So you say, what what are you trying to to say here, preacher? I'm trying to draw a parallel, and I I know I feel kind of spread because there's a lot of information in my mind, and I'm not the smartest guy, so i got to dumb it down for myself just so I can talk it. But understand what he did is he prepared everything that Solomon would need, but then Solomon had to make up in his mind, I've got to build it. I've been commissioned. I have been chosen for this time and this season to build what God wants to do in my generation. So here's the parallel. You know I love talking about generations, but we have grandparents, great-grandparents that has given us everything we need in these rural communities like Connorsville and Rushville and Shelbyville. In these rural areas, God has given us through our ancestors, through the fathers and the mothers, of the faith, everything we need uh, to build uh, what God wants to do in this generation. Uh, I thank God for what he did for David, right? Uh, He did great things for David. David's out there defeating giants. Uh, He's taking on a hundred men by himself. Uh, He's leading a nation. Uh, He's fighting their battles. Uh, He's praising and dancing in the streets. Uh, He's doing all these great things. Uh, But then David looks and realizes, uh, I'm getting older uh, and there's things that are not yet done, but my son will do them. That is the same for you and I. There are promises that were given to my mother, my grandmothers, my grandfathers that they never seen come to pass, but they gave me everything I needed to build what God was going to do in this generation, to build a church, to build my family, to build myself in a place where the presence of God could come and dwell. Understand this is not just an Old Testament principle. It's a New Testament principle because here's what Paul told the Corinthians. uh, In in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, he said, there's no foundation that you can lay uh, than that which has been laid uh, by Jesus Christ. Uh, So Jesus Christ uh, laid the foundation. uh, But in Matthew chapter 28, uh, he told his disciples, uh, now go and build my kingdom. He's given 
giving them what they needed. That's why he told them to go to the upper room and be endued with power from on high and have the gift of the Holy Spirit living on the inside of them. He's saying, I've given you everything I've needed, everything you need. Now I just need you to build the kingdom. So where are you going with this? Just hang on, hang on. Because what happens, again, full circle in this convenience culture is building it takes work. Understand, I'm, on, I'm just giving you the truth. Pastors can't build it. Youth pastors can't build it. It takes a body to build it. Hear me. You say, are you trying to say that we're not doing something? It's not what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to challenge you. Because, I, 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 again, I'm being transparent. I, I've told Pastor this. I've told Sierra this. I've I told Brother Chris this. I feel like uh, our church is at such a crossroads. And it's like, yeah, have you seen on Sunday the, these pews are getting fuller and fuller and fuller? I thank God for that. Uh, but I, I believe that God is saying, uh, there's a little more I, I want to build here. There's something more I desire to do here. There, there's something that you can't even fathom, uh, that, that, that you can't even dream of, that I've laid on your pastor's heart. Uh, to take you to a level in me that, that you didn't know because understand this, it's easy to get in the car and drive an hour and a half, hour and a half southeast to Independence, Kentucky and say, oh, that was good. Brother Tommy preached good. Love Brother Tommy. I'm not saying that's bad. It's easy to get in the car, drive an hour and a half northeast to Brother Todd Hoskins and say, oh, that was good. I thank God for that. I love Brother Todd. I thank God for that. But what if God set PTC in this water valley to build something that God and man could not comprehend, that man could not comprehend. That what if God said, you know what? PTC's kind of out in the middle of farm country, but you know what? Farmers need Jesus too. Drug addicts need Jesus too. Homosexuals need Jesus too. I don't, I don't know what going is going on in this valley. I don't know what God is up to, but I want to build it here. We have everything we need. We have everything we need. But we've got to build it here. Here's the principle I'm talking about. David is bringing in the Ark of the Covenant. He finds it. He goes and gets it, but he does it the wrong way. We, many of us know this story. And the Ark of the Covenant stumbles off the cart. Uh, Uzziah puts his, or Ezra puts his hands up. He, he gets killed. They say, okay, we, we've got to rethink this. We've got, we got to go back to the right way to do this. But during that time, Brother Chris, they took the presence of God, the Ark of the Covenant, and they put it in a man's house by the name of Obadiah. And what begins to happen is Obadiah just begins to be blessed. His daughters are blessed. His daughters are, are, are having children, like, like not in a natural way, not in a natural function. Like they're, they're having kids and, and, and God's blessing his home and, and they're, they're financially blessed. They're, they're, they're the presence of God's there. But David begins to hear about this and David doesn't say, okay, everybody, let's get up and go to Obadiah's house and stand outside his house house and say thank you God for what you're doing at Obadiah's house David stands up and he says no I want that presence in my house Amen. 
and he says, we're going to get that presence uh, and we're going to bring it to the house of God. We're going to bring it into the city of God uh, because our people need the presence too. Uh, I thank God for what he's doing at Pastor Tommy's. Uh, I thank God for what he's doing at Todd Hoskins. Uh, but I want you to know that God is doing something here. God is healing bodies here. God is setting hearts and minds free here. God is saving souls here. I don't know about you, but I feel excitement because God is using us to build it here. But it takes work and it takes a church. Understand, I, I, again, I, I just give you that what it is in leadership. The Bible tells us in Joshua chapter 3 uh, that, that Joshua comes out, tells the people, sanctify yourself for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And, and we understand that the whole congregation gets themselves right before God. That's a part of it. We've got to be sanctified. We've got to cleanse ourselves. We've got to rid our lives of things that are contrary to God. That's the first thing. It's got to go first. The second thing, though, is he calls the priest and he says, listen, men of God, you're going to have to go before the congregation with the presence of God because they don't know where you're going and you don't know where you're going. You're just going to have to operate in faith. So I know it feels good what God is doing here but understand that your pastor is before you and he's going to places. He's got to get there before he can bring his congregation there. And I'll tell you that our pastors are getting to a place in God where God is just putting a greater anointing on their life. God is just using them in greater ways because he's at a place that we're about to walk into. He's gone before us with prayer and fasting, but he can't build it alone. Where are the people of God that will say, you know what? I'll pray and fast. I'll do it. Whatever God wants me to do. It's my brick. It's my mortar. This is the house that God has placed me in. So I'm going to build it. I'm just going to put it together. God, whatever you need. Do they need help in the nursery? Do they need help cleaning? Do they need volunteers? God, I know I'm not much, but I'm going to be used because I want you to build it here. I don't want my children to say, oh, well, I love that youth conference over there. I love that youth camp over there. No, I want them to say, I love it here. I love it where God has placed us. I love what God's doing in my pastors. I thank God for what he's doing in my children. I thank God for what he's doing in my youth group. I thank God for what he's doing in our worship. But God, I thank you that you have chosen us to build it here. And come to the music tonight. I know they're totes. I got a lot of them. I just moved. If you need some, got about 30, what? 37, 40, something like that. We all have a part to play. When Nehemiah was rebuilding the walls, he said, everyone, just start building in front of your house. Because I'm not just talking about a church message. I'm talking, this is a family message. Because revival don't happen in here until it happens at your home. Don't. Don't. Again, I'm, I'm just being honest with you. 
it's easy to go somewhere else. That's easy. But let me ask you this. When it's not easy for your pastor, does he go somewhere else? Huh? I'm not, listen, you say, oh, he's being mean. No. Uh, listen, don't, don't. My mama taught me something when I was young. My daddy taught me something when I was young. Don't hold someone else to a standard you're not going to hold yourself to. If I want my pastor to pray and read and have a message and be prepared for Sunday morning, then I need to pray and read and prepare myself to worship and prepare the atmosphere. I need to be just as ready as my pastor on Sunday morning. Hey, it's not always easy. It's not. I have failed, yes. Jade Abrams has failed. But if you want to build it here, David said, go get that ark. He never, he, never, he never said anything bad about what was going on at Obedidim's house, but he said, I want that here. I want it here. But that ark stayed in that city until God spoke to David, put it in his heart. He began to gather the materials. But then he said, David, you're not going to see this happen. But your son will. Let me, let me, as a youth pastor, let me shake, shake your mentality, parents. Your kids are not just hope for tomorrow. They're hope for today. I don't want, okay, I'm going to ruffle some feathers. I don't want your kids in ministry just tomorrow. I want them in ministry today. You say, what does that look like? Hey, if they want to be on the worship team, great. If they want to speak, let them speak. sitting with another youth pastor a while back he said what what do you what do you feel what do you sense in your spirit you know that, that's what ministers do I just tell you we talk and what's God speaking to you what God, what's God saying he said what do you what do you think what, what does this generation need the only thing I could say is said we need glory we need it now. I know it preaches good, but it's the truth. I, we can't wait five years. We can't wait two years. Knock, knock. The world is going to Hades in a handbasket. Build it here. Build it here. God, I don't... If they're blessed at a conference, I'm, I thank God that they're blessed at a conference. Don't get me wrong. Please don't take me wrong. But the same God over there is the same God here. If you tell me God's moving over there, I'll say, praise God, but God's moving here. Because yeah. this is where God's called me to. This is, this is my church. This is my family. This is my land. This is my promise. I want to build it here. Build it here. Pastor, I believe he, he touched on it here, but down in Tennessee, he's preaching about the garments. Talked about reclothing and garments, this or that. It was a great message. 
And he made a point in that message. It's something the Lord had been dealing with me on. We've been teaching two, two, weeks, two weeks in a row. We talked about the Holy Spirit and spiritual gifts. Talked about them. First of all, I want to say this about the Holy Ghost. I don't know where this has come from in culture. I don't know if you've seen this. I'm not saying it's a thing here, but I've seen it in our church. People love God. People love Jesus. But for some reason, there's, there's a group of people rising up that has an issue with the Holy Spirit. I have no idea why. But understand, they are three in one. The Holy Spirit is God. This is what Jesus said. The Holy Spirit will point to me and I point to the Father. They're God. We can't have part of the Godhead. We can't have 66% of the Godhead. We've got to have the fullness of the Godhead. So we talk to your young people about the Holy Spirit. We talked about the gifts. And I'll just be honest with you. Again, I'm not, this is not, but again, to mention the gifts. And a lot of them, it's like, what's that? What's that? Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 to one is given the word of wisdom word of knowledge diverse types of tongues tongues and interpretation we're talking about faith miracles healing those are all gifts of the spirit say what how many in this room, just raise your hand if you've heard tongues and interpretation of tongues. How many's ever heard a word of knowledge? Word of wisdom, that's not talked about very much. Healing, miracles. But there's a whole generation just about that didn't raise their hand. You say, oh, you, I'm, not, I'm not degrading. No, 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 no. But understand, as, as, as a youth pastor of this church, I pray for these young adults. I pray for these kids. We pray for the elementary age. I pray for them to have encounters with the Holy Spirit. That's what I pray for for my own children. That's what I pray for for your children. And how many of you, I'm going to ask you a question. Show of hands, how many of you, parents, grandparents, Answer, uncle, say, I want to see my nieces, nephews, children, grandchildren operate in the gifts of the Spirit. I do. But here's what the Lord began to ask me. Sometimes, you know, just because I'm a preacher don't mean nothing really special. Not much. But understand, the Lord began to ask me, He said, if you want that for your children, are you seeking it for yourself? I was like, He said, have you prayed for the gift of healing? you prayed for the gift of faith? Have you prayed for God to reveal to you what vein He wants you to operate in in His Spirit? Because it makes up the body. And we can't build it unless we have the Holy Spirit. That's His manifest presence on this earth through us. And it's been so long used to be tongues and interpretation was a part of a Pentecostal service. That's what happened. 
the Lord moved. We used to see miracles by the, by the dozens. We're still seeing miracles, but I'm it's more and more and more. You see people operate in faith. People operate in the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom. Where is that at? If you want to build it here, you're going to have to say, God, use me in the gifts. Whatever gifts you desire to use me in, use me in the gifts. Don't be afraid. Not to be afraid of in the Holy Spirit. I tell you, a lot of people, I think, don't like the Holy Spirit because they, they don't like to lose control because the Holy Spirit will convict you of things. Holy Spirit straighten you out. Straighten you up. Spirit will, I tell you, I, tell, I, I, I know it's not proper, but I tell people, I said, I feel like the Holy Spirit gives me spiritual butt whoopings a lot. Get, get right. Get yourself together. We have a whole generation. I, I don't, do, they, do they know what conviction's like? I don't know about you, but I came to Christ because I was convicted. We worry so much about them being comfortable and comfortable. I pray God, stretch them, stretch them, stretch them. Use them. I don't ask young people to speak on Wednesday nights because it's what I should do. because I want God to stretch them. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. It's easy to post about a scripture, but can you tell someone about it? Typing it on your phone don't cost you nothing. But can you tell somebody about it? Church, I want to build it here. Brick by brick. Stone by stone. And I'll fight whatever hell tries to throw. I'll fight it. You want to know why we exhort in worship? It's because we're trying to push back anything that would come and try to say, uh, I'm just at church. I want us to be so tired of being lukewarm. I'm not saying everybody's got to be hanging from the chandeliers. No, but I'll take it. Because there are people in this world that are more excited about what the Bengals or the Buckeyes or the Hoosiers or the Irish are doing, but coming to church and I'm saved. Well, I wish you'd tell your face you're happy about it. Please inform your face that you're saved by a God that stepped out of eternity into time, died, rose so that you could have everlasting life. And we sit here and say, it's a bad day. No, build it. Build it. Build it with your worship. Build it with your praise. Fight. Don't just fight for yourself. Fight for that kid sitting next to you and say, you know what? They know I've had a bad day, but I'm going to lift my hand and I'm going to worship. I'm going to open my mouth. I'm going to go to the altar. I'm going to volunteer because I want them to see what God is doing in my life. You don't realize that you're building it. You're building it. You're building it. Stand with me tonight. 
Build it in your families. Fathers, pray with your children. Pray with your children. Something me and Sierra started doing is sharing, sharing, just meditating on a scripture to share with my wife. You know what? This scripture just spoke to me. uh, And I just, I feel like I just want to declare it over you. Just a verse. Could be a couple verses. But just, just, honey, I just want you to know that when I read this verse, I see you. I just feel like God's doing something in your life. And I thank God that you're mine. Listen, we've been married six years and I, I still tell her, I thank God you're mine. I thank God that she's blind and didn't realize I'm ugly and she married me. I thank God for that. I thank God for our children. I thank God for our home. But I realize I'm building a family, but I'm a part of a greater family here. And I want to build it here. I don't want it to be where it's like, man, I need a good message. Let me drive. No, no, no. I need a good message. Let me get to our house, our house of worship. I know that we're going to be worshiping. I know that we're going to be praising. I know that the people of God are excited to serve. I want your children to see the gifts. I want them to hear tongues and interpretation. It's powerful. People are afraid of the tongues. The Bible says the tongues is a sign to the unbeliever. It's the facts. There's people trying to tell you, oh, it's this, it's that. No, it's a sign. I know, I, I, I know people that have prayed for people in foreign countries and begin to speak in the Holy Spirit and they'll turn around and say, where did you learn your Spanish? I don't know Spanish. Well, you just spoke to me in my language. That's what the Holy Spirit can do. Let Him do it here. Let Him do it now. Why not us? Why not us? So if you will tonight, I'm going to ask you to come to these altars and come with your, if you want to, come with your family if you want and just say, God, build it in us. Build it in this church. Build it in our pastors. God, we're here to work. We're here to work. Build it here. Can you just come? These altars are open. If you need special prayer tonight, we'll pray with you. I'll move my stuff out of the way. Thanks for watching. I hope this message blessed you. And if you could, please check the description below for all of our links to our social medias. Um, And as always, check our page. You'll see all of our previous messages there. Uh, I hope this message again blessed you and uh, reached you where you're at. And thanks for watching. See you soon.